This presentation is from Design Research 2017, held in Sydney. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Uh, up next, we've got Hendrik from Google Australia. We've been really fortunate to have Google share um, a lot of the work, not only that they've been doing at Google, but the sorts of uh, techniques and methods that he's developed over the years in surveys and, and user research and analysing it. He's going to talk to us today. I'll let him tell you about it. But please join me in welcoming Hendrik. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to be here at this first conference just focused on research, um, which has been my passion for many years. So I'm Hendrik Mueller. I'm currently leading the Google Maps research team here out of Sydney. Um, we work in a team very closely with our designers, product managers, and engineers, um, and really help to drive strategy, but also fine-tune the designs that, that our team is coming up with. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk you through how I've been thinking of a framework of different types of research methods and how a technique, the technique of immersion fits in, which really nicely follows on the two talks before, which are all about how can we engage the wider product team into the work that we do as researchers. So how do we, how do we choose the appropriate research method? I think that's one of the core tasks of a researcher, trying to find what's the right fit for the, for the need that we have. Well, Inspired a little bit by Nielsen Norman's framework, I've been trying to kind of help myself and my team to put the different methods out there and guide a little bit how we can select the appropriate ones for a given need. So I think of this as along, along two dimensions. The first dimension is about, um, is it, do we want to learn about what people say or do we want to learn about what people actually do? Um, so it's all from self-report to observation. The second dimension for the different methods that we have at our disposal is are we interested in the why behind something, or are we more interested in how often, how many, more of the numbers behind stuff? So it's all about, does our research need to involve few participants or many participants? Now that divides developer methods already into two, two parts. Attitudinal methods, all about learning about people's opinions, and behavioral methods, which is all about learning what people actually do. Or, Looking at it the other way, it divides the methods at our disposal to qualitative and quantitative methods, qualitative ones, allowing us to really, really go deep with a, with a small set of participants, and quantitative methods allowing us to get a larger understanding from the mass market, from a larger group, without being able to go as deep. Now, I, I tried to plot some of the most common methods into this, into this framework to, to kind of help us identify which quadrants, what are we after, are we, about the, are we after the why, are we after numbers, observation, self-report, to kind of figure out what, what are approaches that may best fit the, the need that we have. Um, what, it, what that also really helps us with is, is to pick methods um, that are opposing each other so that we can triangulate across the method. Because we all know the, most, the best research, the most reliable data, or the most reliable outcomes, we can actually collect if we look at the same thing from multiple perspectives. So mixing quant with qual, mixing attitudinal with behavioral. So, the, so this approach kind of helps us to really say we want something on this end of the spectrum and something on the other end of the spectrum. Now, ha having used this framework for a while, um, I'm always trying to kind of rethink how can we change it and what is it missing. And I think one thing that, is, that it's starting to show is that there's, there is more than just observation, um, which, which has come up in the previous two talks as well. Um, 
there, there is immersion as well. Um, not just observing people doing it, but actually immersing ourselves into, into the environment and, and being part of it. So what, what is immersion? How would we define it? So I had a look at the Oxford Dictionary, kind of like what, what, what they say. Um, very interesting. First one said, the action of immersing someone or something in liquid. I'm like, that's, that's not what we want to do. Um, the next one was, the, dis the disappearance of a celestial body in the shadow of, of or behind another. Not really. Um, the third one was about deep um, mental involvement in something. Now we're getting a bit closer. This is typically used in learning a language, but we're getting closer to what we as UX researchers actually, I think, mean with immersion. So if there wasn't any, any other definitions, I, I tried to kind of come up a little bit with my, with my own. It, this is really, really hard as I was trying to do that. So I, I was explaining it as an immersion in the context of UX research is, is about exposing ourselves and the wider team um, to a domain, a technology, a user type, or the context, whatever they may be, in the real world, really experiencing it, really exposing us in that environment. Now, what are some typical goals? What are goals that we can achieve why uh, the immersion approach? Well, first, we want to develop a common understanding of the domain. So I'm focusing a lot here on, it's not just me as a researcher immersing myself, but immersing the wider team, immersing everyone who has a stake in the thing that we're working on. So it's all about that common understanding that we can end up with. Just like Ruth was showing in her talk, from taking everybody else to actually do research, building that common understanding through participation. <coughs> um, experiencing the devices, the products, and things that our target user actually are using. Not just talking to them about it, but using them, experiencing it ourselves. Um, understanding the context, being in the context, living in that context, uh, moving in that context, and then starting to identify what the limitations are that then kind of impacts the products and pro that we may build. And obviously that leads to identifying great spots and pain points that users, potential users in that area experience. Again, not by learning it from talking to users, but by just being exposed to it yourself and concluding it from your own experience. And yes, it's all about having fun as well. It's about uh, taking the team out. So you want to have fun. You want to get to know each other more. So there's a bit of team building there as well. So I want to I kind of put that a bit more in context using two case studies um, that I worked on over the last few years. Um, one <coughs> was to really understand how are mobile devices used in Brazil. We were, getting, we're trying to get the space understanding to think about productivity tools that, that we could help with, if, if at all. So... Our specific goals for that were more focused on understanding the day-to-day -day activities of Brazilians, um, purchasing mobile devices there, getting data plans, and actually using those phones in those environments, because obviously we're used to something very different here. Um, and then getting perspectives from different points of view, consumer, business side of things. So what, what was our approach? Well, a lot of preparation, um, a lot of desk research, a lot of... Um, understanding the space before we went and actually took a larger team out there because there's a little bit of risk as well. If you, if you experience the, you know, the exceptions and that starts to form the team's understanding, that's risky. So we need to do enough research beforehand, um, desk research, working with a vendor or using the typical method that we have at our disposal um, to really understand the space and then engage the team through an immersion into all of that. Um, 
This, in this case, this was a precursor to actually doing in-home interviews, so we wanted to understand the environment first before we went and talked to people. Um, and we, we did this over three days, and it involved um, 12 people in this example. So what did we do? Well, we started right when we arrived um, and actually went to some of the stores to buy a mobile phone. So buy the typical phone that's in the stores right now, going to the little fancier malls to catch you know, one type of user, but then also going to the second-hand markets, the more local markets, and just get the phones that's maybe one generation older. Buy them, figure out how to get a SIM card, figure out about all the different data plans, put the SIM card in the phone, put your phone away, and just, that's it. This is what you're going to use for the next week or two and experience everything yourself. So that's a core part of an immersion going to a completely new place. Second, we know that context is everything. So instead of just talking to people about their experiences, let's just ex let's experience the context first. So what, what we have done in that case is, let, let's go to the places where locals go. Go to parks, go to squares in the city. Um, sit there, have a look, observe what's happening. Um, go to libraries, do some grocery shopping. Things that a local would do. And, and what that really opens up opportunities for is doing intercept interviews. So if you see some interesting behavior, approach people just for a five-minute chat, and nobody has turned us down. Nobody had a, a problem with this very casual conversation. And you learn so much by putting what you saw, the context, and the few things that people tell us or show us in context. We also made sure we're looking at the, not just the consumer side of things, uh, uh, of mobile device use, but also the business side of things. So we, we went to a bunch of local businesses. Some of those were set up in advance, um, but some of those were just shop fronts that we went to and asked people, so how do you use a mobile device in the context of your business? How do you interact with your customers? How are mobile devices involved in that? So again, trying to go broader and broader and really get that, that base layer of understanding about mobile device use before we then later went much deeper in understanding specific productivity tasks through the, the interviews that we were conducting. So that's the first example of how we executed immersion with our team. The second example, a little bit closer to our heart here, is we needed to learn about how people get around in Sydney. So we can do a lot of research, and we have done that in actually going and learning from people who commute within the city and use the different modes of transport and all of that. But we, we needed that to we internalize that. We, our office is in Piemont. There's a very particular way how to get there. There's a very particular modes and constraints that we as a team run into as we commute to the office that is not particularly representative of all of Sydney. So what, what could we do here? So our goals were to experience <laughs> the entire team, experience the products, the services, the apps that people use, all digital and analog, helping them with getting around the city. Um, also understanding the impact of different limitations. What if, what if you have a pram? What if you don't have, you know, you have to keep the costs low? Um, what if you have to carry a big package? What if it's a group of five of you? Um, all of that is going to impact the way people get around Sydney. So let's simulate that and experience it ourselves. Um, and a lot of this was motivated by earlier research to understand what are some of the constraints and what are some of the different um, modes that people actually use. Um, and because this was a wider team effort, we, I wanted to get people to know each other as well. Not everybody works with each other closely, especially in you know, the small five, six, seven people engineering teams. So I mix things up, uh, create more cohesion across the larger team. All, 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 and this is all about 
kind of building that shared understanding of this wider team, really moving towards a shared vision. So what did we do in this case? Um, there was 45 people involved across engineering, product management, um, design. Um, we, we went out for an entire day. We set up workshops and immersion in the city itself. And I'll go into a little detail more later. But really, the, the idea was that we wanted to go from everybody's own experience, go broad into like experiencing other, other, other things, other people's experiences, and then going out and learning about yourself, and then bringing it all back to one consolidated understanding of that domain, of that space. Again, this involved a lot of preparation. Now there were 45 people involved. This was a whole other level of preparation because, yeah, keeping them all together, having them talk to each other, having them brainstorm, having them do affinity diagramming, and so on, at this scale, needed very, very fine-tuned preparations. So things like setting up the room and having specific table assignments and cards for each table so that the right people can come in without much discussion and sit at their, right, at their table and can start working. But also preparing note-taking booklets so that when everybody goes out and immerses themselves into um, transport in the city, what would I like them to note down? What would I like them to think about? So having a booklet that they can take along as a guide uh, was really, really critical. So we started that day with everybody sharing their own experience. So what you see at the bottom here is everybody mapping how they got to work that morning. How, what problems did they have? What worked really well? How long did it take? What modes did they take? They then shared that with a small team of three people. That's the first level of, of going beyond my own experience, the rest. And I made sure to mix people that have very different ways of getting to work. So I did a bit of a pre-survey just to find out what, what they do. So I put people together, you know, they, they have different challenges, they come from very different areas, just to start everyone opening up and learning from the rest. The second part of that day was everyone is going to go out into the city. And what I did, I, I booked a run, lunch reservation for, what was it, 15 teams. And I spread them all around the city and I told them, you've got to be there at 12 for your lunch reservation. And that's it. I, I also assigned a specific product to them that I knew Sydney Ciders use a lot, and said, this is the product you can use. You need to be there for lunch at 12. And then have lunch, and then wait for more instructions. So <laughs> that was the first kind of like pressured task, right? Because there was a time pressure there. It's something where they hadn't been. And again, I chose destinations where I know people don't live in the area. Um, so, and they had to experience that. They were just thrown into it. And, you know, and I selected the locations and the ways of getting there so that I can, I can have a representative learning out, out of that. So there's a few more tasks involved after that. Eventually, they all came back to the office, and we needed to now work from this, like going really, really broad and bringing it back. So in, in several stages, small group, bigger group, and then the entire 45-people group, um, we went through various affinity diagramming exercises to, to, to kind of identify at the end what, what are some of the biggest learnings from doing this. So, and, and I think what was amazing outcome of all that is because we went from their own to everybody else's back to one consulting understanding is that now suddenly everybody was sharing the same. And it wasn't about, oh, when I drive, you know, that little thing is the most annoying thing about my experience and the other person, well, the bus is here, that's the worst. They were like, oh, actually, there's this, there's this, there's this and that. I've seen it from other people. I've experienced a lot myself. 
we have the same foundation. And that really became the basis for thinking about the vision of what we, we should be now doing about it, if anything. So, so let's summarize. Um, we have typically um, our research approaches were a range from self-report to observation. We, we do immersion ourselves often as researchers. Um, ethnography is all about that. Um, but I want to take this to the next level, like Ruth um, and others have talked about, and involve the team more. Get the team to do it and throw them into the experience that our typical users would, would have to deal with. Um, however, I also want to say that an immersion does not replace the other research. Talking to actual users is important, and it's the foundation of a powerful immersion itself. Because if we are immersing ourselves into the wrong things, we're, we're building the wrong foundational understanding and potentially the wrong vision. So having done research in a typical way to understand our users is the foundation for that, absolutely. With that, um, thank you so much for your time, and happy to answer any questions now or later during the break. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Design Research 2017. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.